This podcast is made possible by supporters like you. Mahalo. And by Atlas Insurance Agency, Hawaii's largest professional agency, helping Hawaii navigate insurance solutions since 1929. More at atlasinsurance.com. Hello, my kako. Welcome to a new episode of What School You Went, where we start every conversation with this question. I'm Ron Mizutani. Now, while many businesses have suffered and continue to suffer uh, during the global pandemic, a handful thrived. In fact, one in particular exploded. The trading card industry, according to a verified market research, the trading card industry was worth $13 billion in 2019 and could be upwards of $100 billion by 2027. Mm -hmm. Put your arms around that. We welcome Dave Jenkins to the program. Dave is the owner of Best of the Best Sports Card in a shop in Waiau. Uh, Dave, welcome to PBS Hawaii. Thank you, thank you, Thanks thanks for being here, really fascinated by this topic. Uh, Before we get started, Mm -hmm. what school you went? I went to Campbell. Oh, I'm you're a, a Sabre. I'm a Sabre, yes, sir. Ah, board, yes, sir. Uh, Eva Beach boy? Or Eva, Eva Beach boy, yep, elementary, intermediate, and high school. So, you know, uh, when we were younger, uh, back then, Fort, uh, you know. Fort Weaver. Fort Weaver Road was, a, was a, a two-lane highway. One way in, one way out. All pineapples, right? You would never believe uh, what, what obviously has developed there through the years. Oh, yeah. And then, you know, back then, Hubbush was, was all good. People yeah. hang out. Yeah. So it's a little less, less uh, uh, desired area to hang out at. But some people are adamant, no, I'm Eva Beach. I'm not from Eva. Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. Where, where, where are you from? I'm from Eva Beach. Yeah, Eva Beach. Yeah. So I grew up on Kawiki Street, which okay. is uh, right by Kaimiloa. Yes. And uh, my tutu still has a house right on Hanukahi. So her backyard is actually Hawaii Prince Golf Course. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. it was good fun when they were developing that. We, yeah. could, uh, we could run around on the golf course and, you know, as they were building the course. Look at it fun. today. Yeah. Takes a half an hour just to get to the front. Oh, yeah. I stay away from 2 to like 6.30. Forget about visiting it. Not visiting 2.2. Yeah. yeah. If you're leaving Ever Beach, you better leave 45 minutes yes, in, uh, before you even think about each one. But welcome to the program. Thank you. And uh, go Sabres. Hey, you guys got a good football team this year. Sir. Yeah. This could be the year. This yeah. could be the year. I seen a picture online. Uh, I think we won the cane knife yeah. earlier. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, good luck to them. Yeah. Uh, let, let's get started. Uh, you know, it's it's time to get out those old dusty shoe boxes. That's where I used to put mine, yes. my, my trading cards, uh, historic. But this trading card boom is in full swing. Tell me, tell me about, um, well, pre-COVID already was very popular, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never got gone away. But COVID hit and things went crazy. Yeah, so uh, prior to COVID, you know, it was very collector-based, right? Um, not a lot of investing going on. I mean, there was some. Um, but definitely very strong collectors, meaning they collect a certain player or team um, or maybe region of the country that they're from, they would collect those specific teams. And um, at the early stages of uh, the pandemic, um, you know, I know people that took out, they borrowed against their 401k and invested in some products. Um, At that time, 401 was just starting to diminish. So they Mm -hmm. said, oh, I got nothing else to do. I'm at home. I'm going to invest in some sports cards. Is that right? And, um, you know, some of them hit it big, you know, those early adapters. A lot of investors got involved, I guess, maybe just at home and some extra money with the stimulus or what have you. And um, they just said, oh, let's, let's do this sports card thing. And then it just exploded from there. Some when, very... when you say exploded, like, uh, what, do you, what do you mean? We're talking, and this is worldwide, not just mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in Hawaii, but worldwide. What does exploded mean? Um, exploded just means a lot of new people coming into the mm-hmm. hobby, um, mostly new collectors, 
um, but a lot of retreads as well. A lot of people, you know, such as yourself, maybe collected, you know, when they were a kid, um, and then coming back into the hobby because they either see an article online or a friend's talking about some sports cards, or they maybe seen like an investing video on YouTube, mm-hmm. and um, it just reinvigorated the the feeling or the sensation. Maybe we had kids too. And uh, I want to get them involved. So there's that connection as well. That retro uh, connection for sure. Um, so you have different type of collectors like you talk about. Yeah. And now you have investors, part of that different type, right? Yes, yes. Uh, people who actually have money going into it and see mm-hmm. it as an opportunity to, to yeah. invest and make some money. And, uh, you know, from a lot of the stuff that I listen to, um, you know, big businesses, they take notice. They think it was like an untapped market, right? You know, Fanatics talks about it all the time. Um, before coming in and, and buying Tops and a couple other companies, that um, there's just massive potential there that was just untapped. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I guess from their analytics standpoint, they recognized the market, recognized the potential, and they took action. <laughs> just hearing you talk like that and knowing what we used to do to our cards <laughs> back in the 70s, uh, you know, we used, and you said your dad used to do the same thing. We used yeah. to play a game called Knockdown yeah, yeah. Uh, and Cover. Mm-hmm. Meaning, you, you, if you were to cover X amount of cards, you get whatever's on the ground uh, knocked down. We used to literally stand them up on the wall, against yeah. the wall, and from wherever distance you're from, knock it down, fling yeah. it. You had techniques, different things. Uh, Dad played that too, you. Yeah, he, so he played knockdown. Um, in fact, he has a Nolan Ryan rookie um, that is cut in half because there's two players on that card, 1968 tops, with That's him right. and Jerry Kuzman, and he said, "Oh, I kind of have." Two, two players on one card, cut it in half. Now he's got two pitchers. And so we have that card today. It's pretty, it's pretty funny to look at it, and that's a card I'll never let go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was all about volume, uh, quantity, really, not so much volume, not, definitely not quality. And, of course, the gum was a big deal to us back then, too. Yeah. Stick it in the tire so right? you can make the motorcycle sound. <laughs> yeah, we, we used to, uh, yeah, exactly, yeah. Put, a, put a clothespin on it, and that was our motorcycle. But, boy, we knew what it would be worth today. Oh, man. Yeah, gosh, what a fortune. <laughs> what a fortune. Yes. But there are people who knew or at least had the vision that mm-hmm. this one day could be worth money. Yeah, yeah. I mean, back even in the 60s. I mean, this is a running around for decades, clearly. But, you know, a Mickey Mantle card. We're just looking at one now, 1953. Mm-hmm. You've got one. I do, I do. That, I do. That's not the one that went for no, recently. No. That was a millions. 52 tops in a... I believe it was a SGC. So it was basically a gem mint condition. Um, there's several grading companies, but basically got, I think, $12 million. Just crazy amount of money, man. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy. And so, yeah, some guys had the, the vision, as you said. Um, there was a guy, uh, I think it was in New York, Uncle Joe's Collection, it's called. And he had a bunch of old cards, and Hall of Famers autographed them. And, again, he had the, the vision to send them in and get them all authenticated. And that collection's worth millions, you know. Somebody found it in their attic. Just just found yes. probably in mint condition because they didn't play yeah, knockdown. Really good condition. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, you, which brings me to my next question, Dave. What makes one card worth more than the other? Um, could be the same card, mm-hmm. but what what gives it value? So most times, when specifically speaking about the vintage, it's going to be the condition of the card um, over time. You know, back then they didn't have protective sleeves and different um, tools to protect the card. So you just kind of put it in a box or put a rubber band around it. And so a lot of them got basically destroyed over the years. You know, even this one right here is in a, it's in a one condition, which is pretty poor. Um, you know, it's got some creases, but essentially for the vintage, it's condition. They want a card that has sharp corners, nice edges. Uh, the surface is clean, so it's not creased. And then the centering is nice. And uh, those four, uh, as they call subgrades combined, they, they come up with a, a whole grade, and that essentially will determine the value or 
So is there somebody who like appraises them or, or gives them value? Is there? Do you need a class for that? How does that work? Uh, I'm not sure how that works exactly, but there's um, I want to say there's like eight companies right now. The biggest one is PSA, which is what I'm showing you here. Um, they're kind of the the main company right now when it comes to grading cards, authenticating autographs and whatnot. And um, but yeah, they just I think they tripled their staff recently because they with a big boom, um, they had gotten just bogged down with submissions for grading. I mean, to the tune of like millions and millions of cards. And so they had to train all these people just to get caught up. So it actually shut down for about eight months. And so... Just to, just just to get, to get ready. caught up, yeah. Interesting. I, I read an article uh, sometime back about, you know, these guys are trading cards on eBay or something like, mm -hmm. some service like that. Ne next thing you know, they have, they've got a staff of 30. Uh, and, you know, they're doing millions in sales yeah. and kind of being like the, the in-between person, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, what, wow, just an opportunity during COVID, really. Yeah, yeah. So exploded. a lot of the new people that came in as well with the investors and the, the new collectors or the retreads, as we call it, um, there was the sneaker flipping community. You know, these guys, they went out and they would stand in line for the latest, greatest Jordans and they would sell it online for maybe three times what they paid, um, recognize an opportunity as well. And they would buy up cards, get them graded, and then basically sell them online for you know multiple times of what they paid. And so um, early on, it was kind of fast and furious. There was such a frenzy for these cards. Um, and it's kind of tapered off a little bit, um, but the value is still, if you take the values three years ago and where they're at today, I mean, they're still three, four times, um, you know, just generally speaking. So when this craze, can, I mean, it's still going, trending in, in mm -hmm. an upward manner, I'd, I'd imagine, Will they lose value eventually, do you think? Will it? Yeah, so uh, maybe about a year ago it started. They call you know, the bubble, right, where mm -hmm. a lot of it was maybe fabricated from the, the frenzy of the sneaker, uh, sneaker flipping community. Um, they've kind of left the hobby, and it kind of did. There was a, a pretty big drop. Um, some cards dropped by 50%, um, others more, others less, depending on kind of rarity of the card. Um, and so kind of what we're left with now, I think, is a more pure number you see. Uh, you don't see these big fluctuations in the highs and lows of selling prices. Um, so it's more stable, I guess, now. So mm -hmm. we've kind of gone through that, I would say, over the past year. What made you go take this as a, a business venture for you? Um, so actually, it's my, my buddy's business. Um, and uh, I worked there out of high school for like eight years. And then I went around, I had several jobs. I had to get a real job, right, as they say. <laughs> but um, I still did online buying and selling um, and collecting, just kind of a way to, to fund my collecting because I didn't have a lot of extra money. And so I would buy cards, you know, in the packs and stuff. And then whatever I wouldn't want to collect, I would sell those online. And I would use that money that I got to go buy stuff that I collect. And so because, again, I didn't have the extra money, I would use that money to kind of fund the hobby. Um, and then uh, so I'd left my job a couple of years ago and um, I was going to take another position and I spoke at my Calvin and I said, is there an opportunity for me to come back? Um, you know, I'd, I'd work the shop, but I definitely want to be in more like an ownership role. And so, um, we know, we're still working on that and kind of what that looks like, but um, that's, that's the future. Wow. But it's always been on my heart. I mean, even though I worked at several other jobs in between, I always was involved in sports cards. And it's funny because uh, guys ask like, oh, can you really do this long term, you know? And uh, for me, I could, you know. Um, we had a shop when I was 15 years old. My, my dad, you know, I was fortunate that he believed in me and he, he loved the hobby, obviously. So by Tanioka's and Waipahu, the building right next to it on the top floor, we had a shop. And uh, if you came in after 3 o'clock, 
I'd catch a bus and I'd meet you at the shop. That's amazing. But yeah, it was yeah. awesome, man. And here you are today. Here I am today. Here you are today. You know, um, gosh, you just just prompting and triggering so many memories for me with playing cards. So for those who don't understand the the the, the process, uh-huh. it's not just about it's not just a matter of of buying a popular one or selling. Back when we were young, we used to get like a packet, yeah. right? You buy a pack. You don't know what you're going to get mm-hmm. for the most part. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's um, like fukubukuro. <laughs> you don't know what you're going to get. And then you open it up, you get your gum, and then you get a gold mine sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. It's random. It's or very it random. Yeah. So it's still like that. Okay. Um, that's how a majority of the sports cards come now. It comes in a, you know, a pack like this. Like I have one right here. I can't see that for it, bro. This is. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like cigarettes. This is, uh, yeah, it does. Oh, yeah. No. It looks like okay. the gum cigarettes. Okay. Uh, too um, bad you folks can't see. We're going to do yeah, this. So Tops makes that product. Okay. It's a 2020 product. And uh, so in that box there, you're going to get an autograph card. Oh, wow. And that particular year, there's Shohei Otani. And so no I brought kidding. that for you. So you can actually open that right now if you right want. Right now? Okay, okay so well, we got... Let's have some fun. We got some video going here. This is part <laughs> of the audio podcast, but... It's okay. They can hear the excitement. I'm gonna be, I don't want to be like, you know, is there like a thing that I... Because I just... Oh, yeah. Okay, ah, just, here we go. Just ripple. There you go. Just ripple. Old school. Well, I'm excited. It's like, <laughs> it's like Christmas. So Shohei Otani could be in here? Could be in there, uh, yeah. So uh, every pack will have an autograph. Okay. So we unveil. So this is Topps Archive Snapshot. Okay. I don't like the Astros because they, you know. Ah, the show on the side. Still signals and stuff. <laughs> like okay. Who we got here? Oh, this guy is good. Acuna. Acuna, yep. He's okay. Trent Grisham. Padres. Hey, Kurt Suzuki. Oh, nice. Awesome. Hey, local, hey, boy. local boy. How about that? Kurt Suzuki, Baldwin's own. Mike Schmidt. That might be worth some money. There you go. Oh, bro. Look out. <laughs> uh, Gavin Lux, Dustin May, the redhead, the guy who looked like uh, Carrot, Carrot oh, Top yeah. from the Dodgers. Cheese, that guy. That might be a rookie card, actually. You know what? There's, there's a, it might is. be a rookie logo on the front. Uh, maybe the is. top left oh, there. It's a, it is a rookie card. Awesome. There you go. <laughs> Bank. Uh, yeah. Uh, Oliver, Steve Rogers. Uh, Steve Rogers is my autographed. Steve Rogers. Okay, okay. Okay, and uh, Pete Alonzo of oh, the Mets. Go. Pete Alonzo. He's, uh, he's having the a great season, bear. but the only Mets. Awesome. Yeah. Wow, look at this. I got some cash here. So what do you think this is valued at right here? Oh, let me see. So the, the Justin May... So he just came back recently. That might be about five bucks. Really? Yeah. The autograph could be between five and ten dollars. Uh-huh. Is it um, is it numbered on the back there? Steve Rogers. Yeah. Uh, it it's number. No, I don't know. What What am I looking for? Would, it, no Eight. serial number. Okay. Yeah. So probably about five, ten dollars. Okay. And then the Suzuki. Um, that, one, that one is numbered. Yeah. So that one might be about ten dollars. Oh. Ching. And how much is this? So box? those I believe retail for fifty nine dollars. Oh my gosh! I'll give this back to you. No, no, no. no. That's yours. No, that's no, yours. no. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. that. Was fun. You're welcome. Yeah. So here fun. we are. This is mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm just going to my memory bank. These seem smaller than what we used to have back in when we were younger. Is it smaller? Yeah. So that's a standard size now. Um, mm-hmm. But back then, yeah, there was larger size. In fact, the Jackie Robinson I have here is a little bit bigger than yeah. than the standard size as well. Um, and they did that throughout the years, no mostly in the 50s and 60s. T- today, not so much. Wow, this is fun. Wow, I can see how this can be pretty, uh, not only fun, but kind of like addicting. Yeah, <laughs> it is actually, it is. $50 and, um, here, $50 there. So if you, It's like if, gambling. If we were lucky enough to pull the Otani autograph, yeah. um, you know, that thing would probably be between $600 and $1,000, depending on the, the rarity, yeah. 
Yeah, would you have let me kept it? I would have, because that's oh. your pack. <laughs> <laughs> right on, Dave. That's cool. A couple more questions. I want to wrap it up. Okay. Um, because there's value here, and yeah. when there's value, there's crime. There is. Right? Yeah. So I remember just a few months back, maybe a couple mm-hmm. months, a, a shop in Pucks Alley in Manoa yeah. got hit. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. And they got hit pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you know. The thieves know what they're searching for. They knew at the time, too. Yeah. I think they said like thirty, forty thousand stolen in yeah, cards. It was pretty big. Yeah, big um, news with your industry. Yeah, and you know when it gets out there in the news, you know um, families are watching the news. Unfortunately, also so are criminals, right? And right. so they see this, they recognize again the opportunity, um, and they're going to look for the vulnerable places, right? Mm-hmm. And um, you know we they actually broke into our shop as well a while back, but then you know we we had since secured the front of the the shop, which we needed to. But right. yeah, you know um, back then. We never feared for like break-ins or armed robberies or anything like that. And now, with the the explosion in the hobby, right? Unfortunately, criminals have taken notice as well, wow. and that, not just sad. break-ins, a lot of counterfeiting as well. So I was gonna say, um, I needed to do a, a lot of research when I I make some some buys with some older cards, especially mm-hmm. with the mantles and stuff, because there are a lot of counterfeits out there. Wow, very fascinating. Yeah. It's funny sometimes I'll smell a card and guys will look at me funny, but the older cards do have a particular smell. Not bubble gum though. <laughs> if you smell the back one where the gum was, yeah. yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, but it's hard to trace, right? I mean, can, can HPD law enforcement, I mean, it's not registered, if you will, unless it's in a... Yeah, know. so if it's graded, they have yeah. serial numbers. Sure. And so they can be tracked. But um, yeah, if you have like raw cards that aren't graded, essentially very hard to track. Yeah, that's um, A lot of ones today are serial numbered, right? So mm-hmm. if they made, say, 2,000 of a particular card, you know, you know that you have number 50 of 2,000. You know that's your card. You know it's not, and it's not just baseball. It's not just uh, you know football. You guys do UFC. I know Pokemon is oh, still Pokemon huge. Is big, yes. uh, in fact, it's a collector as well, right? Mm-hmm. Look at your magic box over there. I do have a Pokemon card to share with you as well. Wow. <laughs> and they and they can fetch a lot of dollars too. Pokemon cards. They can. So this one that I'm about to show you is a Charizard from 1999. Um, this is the Shadowless Charizard. Which, Gosh, my, my son used to play this, but I couldn't tell you what. Which just means on the side here, there's no shadow. Okay. So this is in a mint condition, so PSA 9. And this sells for about $5,000 or so. Really? Yeah. Hey, watch your back so. on the way out of here, pal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, where's my no, no. mantles hey. <laughs> Wow, go figure. Charizard, I remember that word. I, again, I'm not a Pokemon. Yeah, so Charizard's the main character. Yes. Uh, Kevin and I was joking earlier, and I said, you know, I, I speak conversational Pokemon, but I'm very fluent in sports. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I can I can know the characters and whatnot, but uh, I'm not too familiar on, like, the, the gameplay and the rarity of each card. Wow, and this Jackie Robinson, about $1,000 right here? That one is about $1,000. Wow. Okay, so I know this is audio podcast, but I think folks who understand uh, the card collection business understand what it looks like. But um, mm-hmm. And it's not just... Cards. I mean, comics. I remember when I used to do comics, yeah. and I tried selling a whole bunch of old Archie comics and, and Jughead, but, but they look at for uh, really clean, not bent, right? Yeah, so the seam, you know, um, you know, again, real particular, right, with the condition. So uh, looking for clean seams, which mm-hmm. means there's no creases on the spine, uh, the staples aren't rusty, corners are nice, and the pages aren't just all, like, scattered. Right. Is generally kind of what they look for. And they can grade comics too now, just yeah. like they do sports cards. What do you got? I, I know this is audio. What do, you, what do you got? Yeah, I know. Sorry to. No, no, no. I know it's audio for the listeners some, here, but uh, this is some. a. So it's a Michael Jordan autographed baseball. And the baseball is made out of when basketball. When he was playing with the White Sox? Uh, I'm not sure when he signed it. 
But uh, it's made out of basketball material. Oh, what a trip. So that's kind of cool to me. And how much is that worth? This, so there hasn't been a lot of sales, so I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time figuring out a value, but I think it's between like three and $4,000. Wow. Hey, so it's serial, yeah, serial <laughs> numbered. <laughs> and, uh, oh, <laughs> great. Nobody saw that. It was worth $3,000. Sorry. <laughs> No, it's, uh, it's a baseball. Boy, you it's, can't take me anywhere. It's all good. Oh, good. It's a basketball. It would have bounced anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's so fascinating. That's, cool. so that's a memorabilia piece. A lot of people collect memorabilia. And, you yeah. know, Jordan, in my opinion, is the, the greatest of all time. Oh, for and sure. And so I thought that was a really cool piece, especially being a White Sox fan, um, being that he, he was on the, the minor league team. He was on the team. team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he had a couple of good years uh, as, as a two-sport athlete. Um, well, this is really a fascinating topic for me because, again, I have so many memories of, of playing cards, um, football cards, you know, old Jaworski cards and oh, yeah, uh, Harold Carmichael. That's how I fell in love with the Eagles, you know, mm -hmm. it was through my football card collection and... And um, yeah, I'm an it's Eagles fun, fan yeah. today. Yeah. To today, I saw you light up when you opened that pack. I really did. I was, like, I was getting flashbacks. I want to put it up against the wall and see my technique. So we can play knockdown here in a minute. If knockdown still works, <laughs> yeah, we used to tape up the big one, uh, like a whole bunch together, and have like a bambucha. Oh, okay, like how okay. you play with marbles. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Pog, not pogs, but no, no, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, pogs the same thing. Yeah, because we used to staple them together, and yes. the staples would make it heavy. Oh, boy, good times. All right, <laughs> hey, con continued success to you guys Thank uh, you. in the industry and. Hey, uh, this is an awesome career to be in. Thank for you for you. having me on. Congratulations it was, it was awesome. for that. Had a good time. Uh, you know, stay safe. That's all you, I can say. Well. And, um, you know, you watch your back. Just because. It's just a crazy world we live in today. But the trading card industry is uh, very much alive and well in Hawaii. Yes, it yeah. is. Right on, Dave. We are collectors here in Hawaii. We are, yeah, for sure. We love to stand in line. Yes. Hawaii people love to stand in line. If Whether it's free, it's chicken sandwiches oh, yeah, they or don't free care. stuff at chicken when they're plate. giving away stuff. We're, we're, we're there, and uh, we want to say I was the first guy there. Interesting, you know, you, no matter what it can be, you can have the opening of H-Mart or whatever mm -hmm. or something bigger, and, you know, maybe 3,000 people were there, but. 100,000 people yeah. would say I was there that day. Wahlburgers just opened. Right? I, I, every time I, I see that line, isn't crazy? <laughs> <laughs> we love being first, and we love to claim Hawaii Zone, right? Yes. Like Kurt, Kurt Suzuki. Suzuki right there. Yeah, good, awesome. brother. All right, thank you very much. Thank you, brother. All right, mahalo nui for joining us, folks. Join us next week, another episode of What Squee Went. Until then, ahu yo. What Squee Went is a PBS Hawaii production. Music by Taimane Gardner. If you enjoyed this episode, let us know on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and tell your friends. You can find us on pbshawaii.org and everywhere you get your podcasts.